Welcome back to the Plug In For More podcast. We are here for episode one of season three. Mike and Brian, did you ever think that we would be making it this far? I did because I've got confidence in us, but apparently you don't. I just, I'm surprised that people wanted to listen to us that long. Well, that's probably what you get told all the time, but um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm coming in with daggers today. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, Tom, I'm not surprised you want to listen to us, but to Mike, I don't know. That's, that's yeah, the question. Well, that's all fair goes around here wait what what i don't know what were you saying that part out i don't know we're cutting that part out we never put these parts out mumble mumble (laughs) um yeah podcasting welcome to plug in for more brought to you by evuniverse.com evuniverse is your one-stop shop for all things related to the electric vehicle here on this podcast our goal is to educate inspire and hopefully make your transition into the electric vehicle marketplace a lot less intimidating. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Tom, and Bryant. So one of the vehicles that I've been watching that's been promised to us for a while now is the Ram all-electric pickup. And there's been a pretty exciting announcement for that, which is, I'm not sure how I feel, and I wanted to bounce it off you guys first, but they're talking about having a gas generator built into this thing for a range booster. Well, then it's not an all-electric truck now, is it? Well, this this gas engine isn't powering the drivetrain like your standard hybrid. So it's not necessarily that. But what's interesting is that it has either the 168-kilowatt-hour battery or the optional 229, which is a pretty stout battery, as we know from other large trucks, the range alone and those battery only options is going to put you around 350 miles with this gas engine that's built into it to power the generator. You're going to be looking up around 690 miles of range. Yeah. Which, so here's my take on that. So as I think we've talked about on the podcast, so I've got the Rivian R1T right now, the quad motor, large battery pack, which, um, on a, the EPA rated range is 318 miles. Um, or 314, I can't remember which one. Um, but on conserve mode, I'm getting 347 is what it's showing up as. And for the most part, if I'm driving rural back roads, 55, 60 miles an hour, that's pretty accurate. It actually does really well. Um, I've been really impressed with that versus the the Teslas of old. And I'll get to my point here in just a second, just kind of bear with me. Um, but lately there's been, you know, the Cybertruck has just come out and there was just a range test that Kyle Connor of out of spec reviews did where driving at 70 miles an hour, the cyber truck, which that truck that he was driving was rated at 320 miles of range only got 254 miles or 257. So it was much lower than what it was EPA rated at. And frankly, again, we all know the faster you go, the less range you get. However, 250 some miles is not that great. Um, and a, a little while ago, there was also on the extended range battery for the Ford F-150 Lightning with a similar test, got right about the same amount of range. So I'm thinking, okay, so one, those tests were done at like 45, 50 degrees. So kind of ideal temperatures. Now the Cybertruck has um, all-terrain tires, which doesn't help. There's a lot of details that go into it. But no matter what, if you're looking at 250 miles of range, that's not a ton you drop the temperature, you start towing stuff, you load up the truck like a lot of truck you know, people do, and that's going to start killing your range. A lot of people like to go above the speed limit too. That's going to hurt it even worse. Um, and then beyond that, 
that 250 some miles that the Cybertruck went, that's that was from 100% down to zero. They killed that battery. I mean, they just when I say kill it, they you know emptied it out essentially. So you're not going to go actually 250 some miles. You're going to be around 200 ish because you're not going to go completely to 100% down to zero. Again, if you're towing, that's 120 miles. If you're doing a, that's not a whole lot. So what I'm trying to get at with all this stuff is if you're going to tow on the regular, you're going to need something either with a massive battery that's not on the market yet, like the Tesla Cybertruck has their extender for $16,000, or with the REV from Ram with their generator on board. I think if you're going to tow, that's those are your two only options. And I think the beauty of it with that onboard generator, and I'm not sold entirely, but you don't have to use it. So you bounce around doing your normal commute stuff. It's not going to necessarily activate the gas generator. It's only going to be on a, a needed basis. So perhaps 90% of your driving doesn't require that extra range or that extra boost. You're good. You're plugging it home just like normal and that gas tank stays full until it's needed. I will say, well, a little blast from the past here, this is not new because I did learn something about two months ago that the Chevy Volt has the same thing. It has a 1.4 liter gas powered engine that can extend the range up to 310 miles and kicks on when the battery is depleted to automatically charge the battery. And when the vehicle goes over 70 miles an hour, it also has through this, I'm not going to describe it. I'm going to quote it planetary gear shift transmit helps like power the engine so like this is an interesting thought because the volt's been around for a decade but maybe dodge is thinking about learning from the volt and what we're talking about towing i don't know i didn't know the volt had a gas engine maybe you guys did i thought the volt was purely electric but yeah they also have the um the bmw i3 uh, had a similar range extender option as well so it's not that novel in that application i think the mileage you get out of it is way 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 different and it really puts it into a category where it's probably more useful i think yeah the thing is of course we we talked about this before with the plug-in hybrids and hybrids in general is now you've got two different systems you have to maintain so you're going to have oil changes because with the rev from ram you're going to be talking about it's a v6 pentastar engine yeah. right so yes. that's right out of their normal lineup they've been using it for years it's a well-known engine but you still have oil changes you still have all the flu- other fluid changes you need to do you're still carrying around that extra weight which doesn't help with your efficiency so uh, there's definitely some trade-offs but if you are going to go to that buyer that's just going to use it only for those times where they really need it for those long towing you know, situations or when you're out of range or out of uh, infrastructure. Maybe that's an ideal scenario for some people. I think it kind of fills a gap. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So guys, I was reading in the Haggerty magazine, Jay Leno's article, and I always read it. Um, This one was interesting because it talked about him driving the Tesla semi-truck. Just, I don't, I don't think I've read about anyone driving it personally. I'm sure there's stories out there, but I want to highlight some of the, some of the article for you guys. Um, he said he drove the Tesla Semi, which is their idea of an electric over-the-road hauler, sort of like driving McLaren F1, which I've driven before. They're pretty sweet. But he did a test where he was able to take 80,000 pounds of vehicle vehicles, put them in a car hauler, 
back up the Tesla semi to it and pull away. And in his words, he said, even though the whole rig would trailer weighed 80,000 pounds, I could not tell the difference between having it loaded and unloaded, accelerated exactly the same, and you can go 500 miles. And his opinion is, he thought it was amazing that if you're a short haul trucker, like thousands of you know truckers are going from sh- short distances, this is going to be a, the um, truck of the future. No dirty fuel, no changing oil every other week, and you can pull it right into a warehouse because there's no emissions. And he's a huge fan. Um, I like the end of it too, and I'll get into the Cybertrucks. He talked about the Cybertruck here for a second, but I like the end where he says, uh, people my age often complain about America isn't what it used to be. A lot of them are like Mark Twain, who's credited with the saying, I'm in favor of progress. It's change I don't like. But in the end, it doesn't really matter what America used to be. It only matters where America's headed. And to me, it looks like we're headed in a good direction. And he was applauding Tesla being a U.S. company and U.S. engineering breakthroughs. So I thought it was pretty cool. He highlighted some of the other things about how comfortable it was, how um, it's a different type of semi than anything he's ever been in. And uh, But he did say there's oddities, just like every Tesla. Like, the windows don't roll down. They crack a quarter of an inch, which is interesting. But I'm sure that's for aerodynamics or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, any reactions from you guys on what Leno thinks? I was su- surprised he loves the Tesla semi. It's kind of funny. Well, I mean, I, I've got one. I want to go back to the beginning of what you are saying. You, you brushed over this um, very briefly. But for anyone who doesn't know, I think it would be good if you describe what exactly is a McLaren F1 and that you've driven one and you just brushed off like that was no big deal. Now, for people who might not be aware of a McLaren F1, you might want to Google it. Um, Brian, how much are those going for these days? It's a good point, Mike. I should talk about that. Uh, $20 million, yeah. uh, is a McLaren yeah. F1. And uh, yeah, it's. I would say it's it's credited as being one of the first like supercars. You know, right, I've heard I've heard enough from you on this topic. Sorry, you've driven you know what it. We should do. Point. We should get one of those and do an all electric conversion. We should. Yeah. Or maybe a Dodge Viper. Yes, all, all of the above. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah, Bryant. All right. So Bryant and his little minor driving of a McLaren F1. Um. Sorry. What were we were talking about? The Cybertruck or the, the semi truck? So yeah. Do we know exact battery numbers? That everything I'm seeing looks like it's roughly about 900 kilowatt hours for that battery pack on the cyber the semi truck. That's what I've heard. Okay. 900, 900 hours roughly, or 900 kilowatt hours, 500 mile range, fully loaded. I don't think there's been a ton of testing done on this, but Leno, Leno seems to think it's legit. Now, oh. imagine the charging time on that. Like oh. you get it on a level two charger. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that's where they've got the megawatt charger, right? So that's going to change yeah. everything, obviously, quite a bit. Um, I do have a contact within a company that's testing it right now um and i had some conversations with them last week yeah i can't say where but um they were very very impressed with it you know they initially had some issues when it first came out and i think we saw the reports of it on the side of the road but um they all the drivers rave about it and it's really a competition of who's getting getting to drive it so that's about Mm -hmm. all i can really say at this point but um yeah it seems like it's a fan favorite from the from the drivers right now I thought it was kind of interesting in the article, too. He said Elon Musk came to his garage in 2007 with the Roadster, which we know Mike has, and he drove it, and I told him it was great. And then I said, it's never going to work because there's no charging stations. And 
he said, Elon Musk said, I'm actually going to create charging stations all across the country. You can pull up and charge for free. Well, that part maybe didn't come true. And uh, Leno said, I remember thinking that's never going to happen. But as we all know, <laughs> everyone is now using Tesla chargers for pretty much everything. Um, in the next year, every vehicle on the road pretty much will be able to use a Tesla charger in the next 24 months or so. Um, and all the new cars from all the new OEMs are going to have right from factory ability to use this. So uh, Musk was right on and Leno was dead wrong on that. And then uh, last piece here. I admit, I'm a huge fan of Tesla and their story. However, the Cybertruck is not necessarily my thing. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> speaking of Cybertrucks, you got to see a Cybertruck. I, I mean, how did. impressed were you? Oh, my gosh. Well, so it's Cybertruck. Um, it, it, in person, it does... It makes a statement. I mean, it makes a statement when you see it in pictures, but my gosh, when you see it in person, it is a whole heck of a different vehicle. I mean, it's truly like it makes the, the there's a Model Y and a three in the showroom in the Charlotte um, <sighs> Tesla store. And uh, those look like old school, like no one cared anymore. They were walking right by it. Doesn't matter. Like no one was getting in them. Um, that thing is. I mean, it's, I don't even know how to describe it other than, I mean, you know what it looks like, but this it, just is completely different feeling when you get there. It's like, it's not even real. Um, so on that update, Tom knows this. I don't think I've shared with you, Brian. So I, my order came up for the Cybertruck and I'm it's due to come in between January and March. Um, that was, you know, one of the, within the first week and a half of the ordering this time when it came around so i've had it on order for four years um and so i'm technically i'm slated to get the all-wheel drive non-beast version so the was it four second zero to sixty four and a half second zero to sixty uh something like that in the longer range um model but uh that's the foundation um series so we'll see when that actually shows up but on that topic, so I've got the Rivian right now, the Cybertruck on order. Um, with that range test that just came out, and I don't know if you guys have seen this with the CCS charging, like the adapter doesn't fit in the Cybertruck because of the way the wheel well sticks out. So if you have to go to Electrify America and you need to use your adapter, you've got to pull off the wheel well. Luckily, it's only like hooked in by clips. Um, so that's a that's not a great thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a little bit nervous about even like, is this thing going to be worth it? Because the range isn't that great. Um, and it's a lot of money. And frankly, with some of the deals on the F-150 Lightning, because one of the things I'm running into is just space in the Rivian. Like the interior is not as big as what I'd like it to be. The Cybertruck's a little bit bigger, and then the F-150 Lightning's the biggest. I don't know. That's kind of the best deal in the range is kind of on par with the rest of them um, with the, with the lightning. I don't know. The last episode we recorded where we talked about the Cybertruck reveal, I did an about face on that one. I have been making fun of the Cybertruck ever since it's been announced because I think it's hideous. There's no secrets there. Yep. 
but seeing all of the underlying engineering and all of the parts that have gone into it, it's a revolutionary vehicle. I think it's going to be really cool. And I think it's really important for the future of the auto industry as a whole. And what it's going to bring to the table is something that we haven't seen before. Yep. Yeah. Range aside, it's still an impressive vehicle. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that fact. What, what I'm running through is the the amount of money for this thing and truly what it can do differently than what I currently have versus also what a lightning could do. Like, is it extra 40 some thousand dollars going to, is it going to save me any time at a charger until the version four Tesla superchargers come out and are everywhere? No, probably not because the charging curve doesn't seem like it's that great. Um, it's got a smaller frunk, much smaller frunk than the Rivian or the Lightning. The vault has been shown to not be waterproof, which is kind of expected, but you kind of like it to be somewhat more waterproof than what it seems like it's been. Um, I don't. I'm trying to. I'm wow. trying to see the the like daily benefits of this thing. Other than oh, yeah, it's, it's cool and it's going to get tons of looks, but like. Mm. Well, think of all the attention that you're going to get. That's totally worth four thousand dollars. My ego will feel great every day. <laughs> like I like I, I built it myself or something. I am speechless, and I think I lost a bet with Renee on this one. If Mike doesn't get it, no, I'm, I'm still probably going to get it. But I mean, it's it. <laughs> we're just in the Friday lull of. Yeah, of... I'm just I'm just tired. I had I had too much sugar today or something. I don't know. Oh wow, Mike! Wow, debating the Cybertruck. Um, I mean, what can you say? How many do you have on order? Three, four, three. Yeah, but two of them were super early reservations, and it looks like for a while there they were offering those um, foundation uh, units to to folks, but uh, for all of them, but they stopped doing that after one or two went through. So you're basically allowed one of those, and then they're. I'm not sure where else it's going to land in line, but yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll get, maybe I'll get it. We'll test it. And maybe I'll be one of the first people to sell it back to Tesla. I don't know. There you go. You're listening to the plug in for more podcast. If you're looking for information on electric vehicles, electric vehicles, components, or information on how to reduce your carbon footprint, look no further than EVUniverse.com. EVUniverse.com is your one-stop shop for all things related to electric vehicle. Well, and uh, maybe this is a segue for our main topic, maybe not, but does the Cybertruck qualify for the tax credit? Because I think the Lightning does. Standard range battery on the Lightning does, the Cybertruck. Uh, I don't think it's... Tesla has said that they expect it to on the all-wheel drive version that starts at 79000 but um, that's not really available right now because it's the foundational uh, foundation mm. units that are above that price point. So not at the moment yeah. for what they're producing. So, so the Cybertruck probably won't qualify at the current. You can get a Lightning that does. And then do we know when Ford's putting the Tesla NAS plug-in? Is that soon? Um, I don't think we've heard any confirmation on that. And I, I was wrong on that. So it's for both batteries for that 150 Lightning. It's extended range and the standard range. Um, but um, 
No, I mean, I think we're going to probably hear some of, some of that soon. Um, you know, when they're making the changeover, how they're doing it, are they sending out adapters, et cetera, et cetera. But. So do we, should, should we talk about, uh, listeners, should we talk about an update to the tax credits, which we've been promising for a long time? Should we give an update? What do you guys think? I think we should. We had a big change here at the first of the year, and there's a few vehicles that are no longer on the list that used to be on the list. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that in the past, there was what how many vehicles are on the list like 43 i think there's a lot they're on the list yep. and i think now as of this recording january 5th 2024 the best day in the history of days because it's my birthday um oh 19th, happy birthday happy birthday thank you thank you um so 19 vehicles qualify now and it's easier than ever to get one of the credits because you can get it at a dealership the dealership can just give it to you as part of a part of the pay, um the purchase price and um i don't know any details on this maybe you guys do too but i heard that there's less irs loopholes it's pretty much just like here's the ones that qualify you don't have to fill out all this tax paperwork and all this claim stuff it's just easier but the vehicles that qualify would be the chevy volt we're not doing hybrids uh the f-150 lightning the tesla model 3 the tesla model x the tesla model y um, all the performance versions of the Teslas and all that. I won't go into all those details. Um, and guys, like that's unless I'm missing one. That's pretty much it. That's that's not a lot. So not on the list. You're not going to see the Volkswagen ID4, the Nissan Leaf, the Mustang Mach E, the Chevy Blazer EV. Um, yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah, yeah like, I think it's going to streamline the process a lot, though, being it at the, the dealership. I know Tesla right now, they've had um, some issues with people getting it when they go to pick up their car because um, Tesla, obviously, they're the manufacturer and they weren't set up in the same way the dealerships were. So um, hopefully they'll have that fixed in the next couple of days. I know they've been working on it, but um, that just from a ease of use standpoint, is pretty, pretty great. Obviously, the income requirements still impact that which is interesting how, and I haven't, they may well see what happens at the end of the year, but let's say, you know, you're expected to stay under the income limit and then you win the lottery or something and you're over that limit. Obviously the lottery might not be the exact um, scenario we're talking about, but they come into a windfall of money essentially through their income. Um, yeah, are they gonna have to pay that money back? since it's coming right off of the dealership, you know, what's that process look like? Um, I haven't dug into it enough to know, but we should probably give an update on that too, just because, you know, there's some people who might be on the cusp of that where their um, adjusted gross income could impact one way or the other. Yeah. If that, if that's a good point. Eligible. So, yeah. Well then the, the partial tax credit, which is 3750, you do get the Rivian R1 S and T included in that. Um, so that helps a little bit. Those are all the eighty thousand dollar, you know, MSRP. So you get, you know, thirty thirty seven hundred bucks, which yeah, yeah take thirty seven hundred bucks. Um and then, you know, the reason so like I was surprised about the Maki not qualifying, but you know, high level we could go into pages and pages and pages of why. But high level, the two sourcing qualifications that must be met are really some of these things that 60% of the car's battery components must be manufactured or assembled in North America. 
and these 50% of the critical materials in the battery must be extracted or processed in the United States or a country that has a free trade agreement with the U.S. Um, so I think that's what's really limiting most of these other vehicles, like the, uh, the DV6 and the ID4 and the Mach-E and all those other cars you mentioned, Tom, that don't qualify yeah. anymore. Looking at the Rivian specifically, how it's a, the partial credit, and then they're putting the max limit of $80,000 on it. Like, I understand that it qualifies, but are Rivians actually coming in at that price point? I thought like every Rivian is above 80 grand. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are a few um, Rivians that did, like the R1T with the dual motors. Those are going to start at like $73,000. So um, they, there are some that do qualify for um, that. It's just going to be the, the dual motor versus the quad and the, the smaller batteries. So um, that's that's where they're going to still be part of that qualification. Now, a lot of them are not going to be um, with the quad motor and the um, largest battery pack. but um, you know, you can definitely still get into them for under the $80,000 MSRP. Okay. So guys, I am looking forward to our season three and bringing lots of information to our listener about uh, electric vehicles. Is there anything we want to plug going forward for topics that we're going to be bringing up here in the future? I think we should talk more about as, uh, as the EV tax credits evolve and new vehicles come out, if they qualify, there's also the used EV tax credit, which is new we'll probably want to talk about. And then uh, as more and more people are starting to look at EVs in the used market, because now new EVs besides Teslas are now being two, three, four years old. What do you look for when you buy a used EV? I think we've covered that high level, but more in depth on that. So those are some topics I want to talk about. And then obviously the NAS charging. I mean, I can't wait to pull up at a supercharger it does not have a magic dock and charge my EV6. So I'm I'm literally on pins and needles waiting to find out because I've seen these adapters on the internet from Lectron and others that people say will not work to the software. But what happens? Like I want I want to know. I want to know the end of that answer. Well, we'll find out. I mean, and I think we should also talk about the de- depreciation curve of some of these cars too, because some of them you can get for a screaming deal right now um, on the used market and. I do also want to talk about some of the, there's been a lot of Ford Lightnings and um, Mach-E's that are available on the used market that are buybacks. There's been a ton of those. Um, Aaron Jones, who was on our podcast a while ago, former Tesla service manager, um, he bought a Mach-E that was a lemon buyback. And um, we might want to have him back on the show to talk about that experience some of the things he's seen with that vehicle. I think he's still getting some of the bugs worked out on it. It's kind of some software, um, and some electrical issues with that. Nothing major, but just like headlights and stuff like that, that are causing the battery to drain. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot out there that we're going to cover this year and a bunch of stuff we don't even know we're going to cover yet because it hasn't been announced to the public. So. I'm excited for this year. I would agree. And uh, and maybe Tom and I, we tested our batteries. My car is now two years old. It's got 30,000 miles. I won't tell you how much battery degradation's happened. A little bit. And uh, Tom, I think some bag- battery uh, stuff on your car too. Yes, there has been some degradation, but I think it's all within our expected tolerances. Yeah. So I guess more to come. And uh, my free charging runs out this year. So uh, when I have to pay for charging, I'm I wanna, like, what am I going to do with myself? So I don't know, pay that's, for it. 
I I don't I'm not used to I'm used to driving for free. Like I well, want to drive for free. <laughs> well, I mean, you paid for it one way or the other, so <laughs> I mean, like that's my right. I should be able to drive for free, people. <laughs> oh, what are we gonna do? So on that note, I guess it was great seeing you guys. Okay, um, I'm gonna stop this now. <laughs> I'm trying to bring some energy and quirkiness. Come on. <laughs> you definitely brought the quirkiness. Yes, he did. He brought the quirkiness. Thank you for listening to Plug In for More. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out the one-stop EV marketplace, EVUniverse.com. Until next time.